0: Podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm so excited that this week's episode is actually the 50th episode and that this means that I've almost been doing this podcast for a year now and throughout this year I've been so blessed to connect with beautiful beings out there that have shared so much wisdom and knowledge here on the, these episodes and they have been inspiring me so much. I'm so blessed to have these conversations. So, I actually want to thank everyone who's participated in the podcasts. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's been listening, wow, like this has been such a beautiful way to connect with you after years of uh, creating content and sharing on my Instagram. Uh, account Uh, and I've been just blessed to be able to share in this format as well and the feedback and the comments have been so beautiful so thank you so much everyone who's connected with me after the podcast who's left reviews and and uh, yeah it's it's a beautiful thing thank you and this week we have a super amazing and beautiful um topic and guest. So this week I talked with Usha Anandi, who's the creator of Womban Wellness. So womb N. And she's combining her knowledge and practices of the ancient Eastern energe- energetic practices that she learned from her Himalayan yoga master Yogrishi Vish- Vishvketu and Maestra Donia Maria Carmen uh, and she's just fused these uh, knowledge and this wisdom in a beautiful way and she's educated within holistic nutrition, childbirth uh, educator and she's also a full spectrum doula, herbalist and yoga teacher. So she has this amazing background, amazing just platform that she's created to share with women from all over the world how to connect much deeper with their own body and womb and she has beautiful trainings, classes and yeah she just shares such important wisdom. I'm so grateful I've been following her for a long time now and I just needed to have her on the podcast. So I'm really excited to share this. So I hope that you can enjoy this podcast, no matter if you have a physical womb or not, and that this is a way to connect deeper with your body, no matter what. So this is a beautiful uh, episode. We get into womb and ancestral healing. We get into the deeper meaning of the menstrual bleed, the four, four phases of the cycle, and how to listen into the womb and creating ritual and ceremony around your cycle. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast and that you can get some more just insight through this. So enjoy. Hi, Osha. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here with you today.
0: I'm so grateful that you're here and I would love to know how you, uh, what practices you have to stay mindful and present to start with. I have so
1: many mm. <laughs> and I've been using all of them during this crazy time. Mm. Um, I would say my number one practice is a practice of meditation and not a meditation in, in a way that I project myself, you know, outside of my body or even necessarily focus on a specific energetic point or chakra, but rather a meditation to just feel my body mm. and to track and trace sensation and um, yeah, the way that my body is speaking to me, which I believe to be through sensation. So my most effective practice it's definitely meditation, you know, meditating in the morning and meditating right before I go to bed. Um, and then on top of meditation, breath work, movement, being in nature, singing, mm. even cooking for me is so healing and can bring me into a more deeply present state.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. It's great to have, uh, many different tools and, uh, yeah, find your own thing. Because I, I was just discussing this the other day that it, I, I don't think that one type of meditation fits everyone. You can do it in so many different ways and fe- get the same, same benefits and the same state with it. Absolutely. It's so and I
1: think we fall into a trap, you know, of thinking mm. like this one practice is the end-all, be-all, and it's going to heal me and and all all of these things, all of these expectations, when in reality, it's more about having a toolbox Mm. of many different practices that we can pull from at any given time. And we can go really deep with one meditation, but Mm. sometimes we might plateau and it may stop serving us for a certain amount of time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am so uh, inspired by everything that you do. It's so healing and it's so important. So I'm really grateful for everything that you do and your work. And I would love for you to, uh, share with the listeners, uh, who you are and what, what, what you're doing in the world.
1: Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, So my inspiration really is centered around the womb and Mm -hmm. from my own healing journey, healing myself from transitioning off of hormonal contraceptives, which just completely wreaked havoc on my body, Mm -hmm. healing myself from chronic yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, and also healing from sexual assault. Mm -hmm. I really found that my path of work was completely centered around the womb. And I believe that, you know, one of my teachers says it is our shadow that leads us to our dharma, which in the yogic path we talk about is purpose. And I really believe that that the areas where we perhaps have experienced the most pain or the most challenge in our lives, if we truly face them and are graced and blessed with the tools to to heal in that area. It can, be, it can become a, a center of focus and purpose in our lives. So my work is centered around supporting people with wombs through nutritional support. So that's what my background is in. It's holistic nutrition. So how to heal your hormones with food, and also supporting them with embodiment. So really how to feel into the womb and heal numbness and disconnection in, mm. in the womb space. And through birth work, being a full spectrum doula, through herbalism, being a clinical herbalist um, and a childbirth educator, there's just, you know, there's so many different aspects of the womb and we each have our own womb story. And if you're listening and you have a womb story and you have a womb, you know, you have a a unique experience with your womb. And so my my job is really to midwife space for people with wombs to connect on a deeper level with the instinct, the intuition and power that exists within them. Mm.
0: That's beautiful. And how did you... Uh, come to that point that you knew that this is what you you're gonna do what you need to do
1: yeah I love um this is such a funny question because I didn't want to be on this path at all (laughs) you know when I was a little girl I wanted to do musical theater or I wanted to like be a famous singer never in my life did I think Um, that this would be what I was doing. Um, But, you know, we can only run away from the path that is laid out for us for so long. And I had so many challenges in my own personal life around this area. And in my experience, reaching out for help or, you know, researching, looking for a practitioner, looking for a safe space where I could heal, I really found that all of these spaces were um, just so impersonal Mm -hmm. and most of them seemed to be quite tailored to male bodies, to men. Mm -hmm. And it was my own frustration with the system and with the way things were that really ignited a fire in me. You know, After I had gathered all of these tools, apprenticing my teachers and going to school, I, I made a promise to myself that I would create the space that I did not have when I was trying to heal. And so I tried to deny this path for a long time. And when I finally had the courage to face it and to claim it as mine... Um, that's really when when I realized, okay, this is my life work. And even as I have done that, it just continues to unravel and show me, yes, yes, this is this is it. So I feel I am just a humble student of my own womb, and I learn so much from this space in my body. So I feel really grateful to have been guided in such a powerful way to this path.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we're talking about the womb. And I think that not everyone has maybe thought about, worked with, or even like paid attention to this space. Like what is the womb to you? What what is that space?
1: So the womb, many would say in anatomical terms, is interchangeable with the organ, the uterus. So sometimes in books, in anatomy textbooks, you may read the womb or the uterus, and those two words are used in tandem. But what I believe the womb to be and what I've experienced it to be and what I teach it to be is... A sacred space that, yes, encompasses our physical organs, so the uterus, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, as well as the cervix, the lowest part of the uterus, even the vagina, the labia minora, the labia majora, you know, the clitoris, all of that amazing anatomy that we May have, but the womb is even more expansive than that. It's a sacred chalice of energy inside of our pelvis, and it exists whether or not we have a uterus, whether or not we have those pelvic organs, we have a womb. And so this means that whether you're someone listening who's had, you know, an ovary removed or your uterus taken out you've had a hysterectomy or maybe one or two fallopian tubes removed or maybe you're even a male body person you still have a womb so the womb is in many senses you know the center of a lot of divine feminine work in the world right now which is beautiful and amazing but I also believe it to be beyond gender and it's this sacred place of intuition and by connecting with the energy there, not only can we reclaim that sacredness, but we can also heal the physical organs that exist within that place through remembering the inherent holiness of that area.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a, because, I mean, I love the, the um, thought of the cosmic womb mm. as well. So it's just like a, beautiful seat of all creation so it mm. it can be within all of us and in the end if we've had many lifetimes we've carried a physical womb or maybe not had a physical womb it's 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 not what our eternal essence is is connected with it's something else right so it's it's beautiful Absolutely. that that you put it that way and so When you're working with this, um, because, you know, I'm also a doula Mm. and um, I'm really also interested in uh, and now as an acupuncture uh, student, Chinese medicine student, I see at the clinic that uh, many women come with these different issues when it comes to their female health or their womb health or whatever we want to call it. It's, I mean, it's part of the whole system. Our whole health is is also centered around this space. So um, I see a lot of different issues that are recurring. I, I'm curious to hear from you, like, doing this work, what you see is, like, um, yeah, what what are common patterns that you see that also needs healing within us
1: Mm, great question yeah it's very interesting because depending on where you are in the world and i've lived in in many different places and i've practiced in many different places and depending on the culture and um The activities and the food that is eaten and the practices that are deeply integrated in that culture, we see different challenges arise. But Mm -hmm. one of the main um, challenges that I see in our modern world, specifically the Western world, um, is this pattern of stagnation. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. you see this Mm -hmm. as an acupuncturist student. Stagnant chi or stagnant life force energy in the yogic teachings, we call it prana. So, Mm. stagnant life force in the body. And when we, in Ayurveda, our reproductive organs are the last layer of tissue that get any nutrients from any food we eat or any activity we do, any herb or medicine we take. But they're often the first organs of our body to go out of balance. And this is because our body always prioritizes survival over reproduction. So if we are stressed and we are sedentary, and we are somewhere blocked energetically in our life, perhaps in an unhealthy relationship or in a job we hate or emotionally eating or sitting with unresolved trauma, that not only affects our physical well-being but it affects our energetic pathways as well and what happens in our body when we're in a deeply chronic state like that chronic stress or chronic stagnation our hormone levels and our ability to reproduce which really is more about fertility and aliveness rather than creating babies like You know, one of the things that I'm really frustrated about in our modern world is that so many of my clients who come to me and come to our programs have been told by their medical providers that it doesn't matter if they're not ovulating or it doesn't matter if they're not bleeding every month until they want to have a baby. Mm. Almost that their body functioning properly and at an optimal rate isn't important because their health doesn't matter until they want to have children. And what we see here is that really that's not true, right? Mm -hmm. To be fertile is to be fully healthy in your body and to be in tune with yourself. And so what I see really here is a, a huge pattern of stagnation. And that can come from Yes, chronic stress, yes, unresolved trauma, yes, um sedentary lifestyle, but also a pattern of depletion, so we are just going at a rate of a thousand miles per hour. We have no time to sit, no time to rest, no time to even ask our body, "How are you feeling today?" and we operate on this linear schedule that is really not made for us cyclical hormonal beings and it's really important when we talk about these major patterns of imbalance um, that we also remember that healing them may be challenging but it doesn't have to be full of suffering so there may be pain but the suffering is optional. And when we find a space or a practitioner that can hold us and guide us and we start to learn tools to do that for ourselves, really, I believe and I have seen that the body heals itself so effortlessly. It just needs the right tools to do
0: so. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I think it's... um, it's very important to become aware. It's like with everything in the body that when you become aware of it, you can work with it. Sometimes we don't want to be aware and we just like, I mean, many, many of us have had um, um, period pain and dysmenorrhea. I see that a lot in the clinic, but then it's, it's not being, I think, also in, in re- regular healthcare, like it's not being seen as something that is an imbalance. It's just mm. seen as this is how it is. And then the only option you have is to uh, take uh, painkillers for that or uh, hormonal contraceptives. And that's not going to the root why it's there. And for some, it's been their, their whole life, so they just um, learn to to live with it. But it's not really, uh, yeah. It's it's. This is a huge topic. Uh, maybe you, we can get into it. Actually, like <laughs> th- that pain, if it's been with you from like the very start of your. Uh, period uh your menarche like what where is where is that coming from and and why is so many suffering from this now Mm. great question um so there's a lot of different
1: layers to this kind of healing and i will say the first is ancestral so Mm. what we experience in our body is not only dictated by the residue of our life experience. So how we wake up in the morning, our kind of general outlook on life, the food we eat, the activities we do, the people that are around us, the kind of space that we live in. But it's also an amalgamation of our ancestors, specifically our maternal ancestors, and the way that they experience their womb space, the way that they connected with or did not connect with their sensuality or their sexuality, the kinds of trauma that they experienced in their life that perhaps went healed or maybe unresolved. And what we find here is that When we start to do womb work, we realize that actually, you know, it's not just our womb we're working on, but that our womb is a portal to the generations that walked before us. And that often when we start to work with the pain, we realize, you know, this pain has perhaps been in my family for a long time. And it's not just my pain I'm dealing with, but I've also inherited my mother's unprocessed pain and my great grandmother's unprocessed pain. You know, there's um there's a lot of layers to that ancestrally that can be embedded within our body that that can be acknowledged. Um which can feel really great. At first it can feel like, "Oh god, I have so many people to heal through me." But it can also be a relief of, "Wow, you know, I am a continuation of a long line of women who have needed this healing." Mm-hmm. And by me doing this work, I'm not only healing them, but I'm also healing Myself as well. So healing both yourself and the lineage that that came before you. So there's the ancestral line for sure. And then I think there is also um, this uh, deeply entrenched belief, especially in patriarchal cultures, that to bleed is to be cursed. And that Mm -hmm. when you are in a bleeding body that can give birth if you choose, that you have chosen um, to be cursed, in a sense, in this life. And there's a lot of different literature from ancient Rome and ancient Greece, um, from, you know, Pliny the Elder is one, a great philosopher, talking about how disgusting menstruation is and talking about the evil powers of menstruous blood and, and what happens if it touches you and what happens if you smell it. And this idea that you know, to be in pain and to be suffering is just how it is, as you said. Mm. And this patriarchal belief is deeply embedded in our medical system. And unfortunately, you know, doctors are not educated on the female body in the same way that they're educated on the male body. There is just so little research on a bleeding body in comparison to a male body that does not bleed. And so it's really important to remember that when we go into um, get treatment or healing that sometimes we need providers that have studied and specialized um, to support us in our, in our healing. And then I would like to share an, an acronym with you that I use with my students Um, Mm -hmm. who are struggling with menstrual pain or really any kind of womb pain that can come up through challenges we experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is something that I use in my own practice as well. And so whereby most of us experience pain and we want to run away, we want to pop a pill, we want to look at our phone or turn on the TV, and it's understandable. Pain is not pleasant, right? It doesn't feel good. And if you're here having experienced a lot of pain, I have so much compassion for you and what you've gone through with your womb. And after years of experiencing that pain, I don't blame you for thinking that perhaps you are cursed, you know, because when your body is in that much pain, you start to really question is my body working against me? And I've definitely felt like that in my life. But here is an acronym that you can use when experiencing period pain or any kind of pain that exists within your body. So, what if instead of pain telling us to run away or to distract ourselves, what if pain was asking, pay attention inside now? So, every time we experience pain, we feel that this is our body communicating with us mm. at the deepest level, that our body is asking for our tender love and attention. And often, when we bring our awareness to pain, we may notice that the language of our body, that the sensation, changes all of a sudden the pain is actually in one point that we didn't feel it before or all of a sudden the pain is is less than it was previously or it's moved and changed and so really starting to get to know your pain allows you to gather the information of your pain and that's what it is although it's unpleasant it's information and that information can guide you as to which path to take in order to
0: heal. Thank you for sharing this. It's so beautifully put and such a empowering way to see this and, and to <clears throat> start finding, yeah, just uh, going inside, like you said, and, and listening and hearing that and being with it because I think, it's like with everything else, it's like if we pretend it's not happening or if we're not paying attention to it, it gets worse or it it just stays there. But it's telling us something and it's important. So it's not, a, there's a purpose behind maybe that discomfort and it's asking us to do something differently. So I think that's really great and it tells us, how how important it is to listen to the body's signals as well.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And I think it's really important for people to know, you know, when we've experienced painful periods or just a general sense of pain around our womb for the majority of our life, that can become our baseline. It's like, this mm. is what life is like. We wake up with that pain. We live with that pain. And to know that, perhaps there is something beyond that pain that mm. perhaps um, identifying with it is proliferating it. And, you know, each person's experience is so unique um, with their womb and this story that they hold around their womb. But to remember um, that perhaps it doesn't have to be this way mm. and to just hold <clears throat> that hope and that knowing that your body can tan heal is enough to bring people into a different way of being and a different way of relating with their
0: womb Mm. yeah and i think that there's a lack of of support guidance and tools out there in the mainstream like the communication is not there and the the, then the Old knowledge and wisdom is not there as it was. So it's about coming back to that, which you're teaching, which is beautiful, because I think that uh, <clears throat> this is something that every everyone should learn from a very young age. And, and to, to know, like, one thing that you also said was that, like, we have, we have, th- there's if if this is not a curse then there has to be a purpose like there <laughs> this is something actually very important so i i w- want to ask you how you like i think women in general are sometimes being labeled that there's uh, yeah i mean we have different cycles and we we have a changing nature which Like the moon is changing all the time. And and I'm wondering how you see, what is the purpose with, with the cycle?
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And I, you know, every person will find their own meaning in their menstrual cycle. But the way that I teach it is that each distinct phase of our cycle, which There are four in the philosophy Mm. and the lineage that I teach. Um, And each of these phases synchronizes with a specific season. So just like the seasons exist outside of us in our earth, you know, spring, summer, fall, and winter, so too do the seasons exist within us. Mm. So Every menstrual phase that we experience is really an inner embodiment of our own seasons. And through this portal, we connect on a deeper level to nature. And we learn how to reclaim a cyclical way of being. So it's this return to a more feminine, more natural. And I say natural literally because this is the cycle that nature um, follows a more intuitive way of being so that instead of having to show up the same way, every single day of the month with the same amount of energy and the same openness and the same attitude, which is really what patriarchal linear linear culture expects us to do, you know, be the same every day, go to work, be consistent, achieve all of the pressure that's put on us. We can start to realize that every single phase of the menstrual cycle you will most likely feel different. And that's because of Mm -hmm. the hormonal changes that take place in your body. That's because of the energetic changes and the way that the prana or the chi is flowing in your body. That's due to the energetic embodiment of these cycles. And so to give yourself permission to know that sometimes it's okay to be less social and more inward turning. And instead of going out with your friends to want to stay home and to want to journal or that, of course, on certain days you're going to need to rest. And then other days you will feel more open, more external, more communicative and vibrant. To just give yourself permission to be that dynamic Mm. can be life-changing and I know that for me, it really was. And to see menstruation and the entire cycle of menstruation as what I believe it to be, which is a ceremony. You know, every mm-hmm. single month we are gifted with this opportunity to experience all these different aspects of ourself and to be a dynamic being and how much deeper, and more meaningful, and really more rich that makes our human experience. It's it's really profound. So I believe, you know, that reclaiming our menstrual cycle as that, as a portal to the sacred, a portal to the earth and her cycles, and to sit with it as if we are sitting in ceremony every day, can really change the way that we not only interact with our body, but interact with
0: life. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think it's when we slow down that we can start seeing these shifts because when life is going fast and we're just doing everything on a routine, you know, it's like five days a week, nine to six, or like the same routine (laughs) routine, That goes on and on for years. Then we start thinking that our body is synced to that routine, but it's not. And and when we slow down, that's when we start listening because there is a huge shift going on. Like you said, the four the the four stages. I mean, like you said, nature is. Usually, I mean, it's it's different depending on the climate. But when you have the, the distinct four seasons, nature is moving through that with ease, and it's <clears throat> one stage is not better than the other either. So I think it's really like what what is the per, finding your purpose with that phase? Like now I'm bleeding, I need to rest, or I need to do something. I would think many of us get very attuned and open at that time as well, so we can do a lot of spiritual work um before bleeding. Maybe it's great to to start slowing down i I'm actually curious of how you see the different uh, stages if if the cycle is cut up in four stages, like how do you how would you explain it mm-hmm.
1: So I would explain it. Um, that the follicular phase so I start teaching on the follicular phase and that is the representation of inner spring and the follicular Mm -hmm. phase in the way I teach it begins when your blood stops so Mm -hmm. as soon as your blood stops as soon as you stop bleeding your follicular phase begins and actually during the last few days of your menstrual period Many people who bleed find that they start to get a a lot more energy, they start to feel a little bit more refreshed, they feel lighter, you know, their blood starts to taper off. And this freshness that continues throughout the follicular phase, which lasts six to 10 days, Um, is the energy of spring so it's like the plants who push their way up out of the soil when the light of the sun gets strong enough and starts to beam down on the earth it's that palpable energy of aliveness that you can feel the ability to to see clearly and to utilize the energy in the body provided to us by the hormonal shifts and the rise in estrogen and follicle-stimulating hormone that give us that ability to look forward and to plan our lives with a sense of purpose. So that's the follicular phase, inner spring. And then we have the ovulatory phase, inner summer, and ovulation is physically highlighted by the release of an egg from a mature follicle. And that is orchestrated by a sudden surge of luteinizing hormone and also an increase in estrogen. So estrogen reaches its peak during ovulation. And because this is inner summer, it gives us, like, you can think of summer. And if you live in a place where summer is really distinct, it's like the sun is beating down. You know, it's so hot. Everyone's like, woohoo, freedom, summer. That's the energy of ovulation. It's really external. It can be quite outward, which means we want to engage with new people and new projects. We want to plan um, important life events here, like speaking engagements or really big business meetings, because this is a time when we have that summer vibrancy to meet it externally. And then, so the first two phases of the cycle, inner spring and inner summer, these are really outward phases. So we are externally focused, perhaps Getting projects done in our life or initiating new relationships. Excuse me. But then, when we switch to the second, the last two phases of the cycle, we start to see that our energy shifts and we start to draw inwards. So, after inner summer ovulation, we have inner autumn, inner fall, which is the luteal phase. And what takes place here in the body is estrogen is still there doing its job, but progesterone, the secondary sex hormone, takes over. And once that egg is released from the follicle, when you ovulate, then that mature follicle seals itself off and it forms something called a corpus luteum and it starts to secrete progesterone. And progesterone is... A really interesting hormone that is a natural diuretic, so it helps us process excess fluid. It's also a natural antidepressant, so when we have enough of it, we are likely to get better sleep, we are likely to be less anxious, and to be more settled and adept with our different emotional changes that can take place. But really, here in inner autumn, you know, just like in in autumn, when the seasons change and, and that's what we're experiencing here right now, where I live in Oregon, it's like all of a sudden in the morning, you go out and it's cold, and it's mm. a bit of a surprise, and you have to reach for a sweater or make something warm to drink, and this coldness makes you want to go inwards, makes you want to light a fire, cozy up next to someone you love and perhaps journal or take a bath, do something to nourish yourself. And really, this is such a powerful phase of our cycle because it's a time where we may experience PMS, premenstrual syndrome. And for those who don't know, there's over 150 symptoms of PMS. So from breast tenderness to menstrual migraines, uh, digestive upsets, there's so many different symptoms to PMS. And many of us have been taught during this phase, our premenstrual phase, inner autumn, that this is just, again, as you said, how it is. This is just, you know, I'm PMSing, it's fine. But really, energetically, what's taking place in this phase is we have a thinning between the different worlds. So the world that we believe to be our current reality, you know, our day-to-day life and the magic, the mystery, the intuition that really exists for us, when we're in our inner autumn phase, we can start to see this truth. We can start to see this intuition in a much more real and honest way. So the emotions that we have been hiding from ourselves, the patterns that we don't want to look at, it's very likely that in this phase it will arise. And so those old wounds that we need to tend to. And so this is a phase where when we really utilize it, can be a place of deep power and healing, which is, I believe, Um, You know, why do we all think that this phase is like the worst phase? Well, perhaps because there's so much power here and we've been systematically taught to be afraid of it. So all these three phases, inner spring, inner summer, inner fall, guide us to our last phase, which is inner winter. And this is the menstrual phase. So when your blood actually comes, this is menstruation. And this is a time where we become friends with our own darkness, just as in inner winter, just as in winter, you know, maybe there's snow outside. I'm sure if you're in Sweden, there's a lot of snow. (laughs) And in Oregon, there's snow here too. You know, it gets really cold and you don't spend that much time outside. You go inwards, you, you nourish yourself and You wait for the light to come back. But that darkness offers such a fertile time to do inner work. And this is our most intuitive, our most instinctual, our most powerful point in the cycle in terms of Mm -hmm. our ability to connect with ancestral wisdom and to really physically release whatever we are ready to recycle into the earth so reclaiming this period of menstruation um, is is so important and it, it means becoming intimate with all of the seasons and learning how to live in a way that really honors what each phase has to offer us and they, they are, there's so much power here when we can give ourselves permission to create our lives around our cycles and to just really acknowledge the deep wisdom that comes from our body and the way that it exists.:
0: mm. Yeah I can only agree. It's so beautiful, and it's just knowing this. Uh, and or, or just hearing about it makes everyone or anyone that listens and never heard this it it creates a shift within us in how we relate to ourselves our body and our cycle so i think this is something that like all girls should learn and and know and be supported in and understanding and actually uh not just girls like everyone like if society would understand these different cycles we could work with it and not against it but that's not how society has been uh, shaped because it's not been taking these things into consideration um but it's great that awareness is being uh, it's being uh, lifted and being spread now and I'm also just curious about, first of all, the, the, the meaning of the menstruation and the bleeding, what, what how you feel about it and also how you can, we, we talked about ceremony, cer- ceremonial, like how do you work with that?
1: Hmm. Yes. So, um, every month we get a new body. When we bleed, our blood is the physical representation of a death. And, you know, hormonally what happens here, so for those who remember in Inner Autumn, I talked about this structure that is formed from the mature follicle. So the egg has left the follicle, it seals itself off, and now it starts secreting progesterone. So if progesterone, or if implantation doesn't happen, so if there's no fertilization, the egg and sperm don't meet, and then that um, embryo doesn't implant into the uterus, then what happens is progesterone falls because corpus the corpus luteum is absorbed back into the body. So we have this death of what could have been, literally this. Mm shedding of the possibility of life and potential and this release of the entire month that came before the menstrual phase, you know, looking back to all of the emotions, looking back to all of the food we ate, all of the words we shared, everything we saw, experienced and felt, all of that is released in our menstrual blood. And I really feel that you know talking about both of these questions at once that starting to relate to your blood in a ceremonial and ritualistic way just seeing not only when you bleed as a ceremony but every single day of of the month as a day of ceremony really takes a reclamation of our blood and what it means for us so What I mean by that is many of us learn, whether it's from a parent or from a school official or from church or from a friend, many of us learn that our blood is somehow dirty and is somehow something to be hidden from other people. But menstrual blood is antimicrobial, it is antibacterial, and it has a really rich amount of stem cells in it. So this potential for life and for healing. And the main physical purpose of blood is to cleanse our wombs and our vaginas of any foreign bacterias that are inside of it brought in, you know, by different partners or brought in by our own hands or different things that we use perhaps to give us pleasure but also to cleanse unwanted energies from that area Mm. and so to reclaim our blood as sacred and Mm. to learn the language of our blood so why this month did you have you know really dark brown blood for the majority of your cycle. And and what did that feel like to bleed with that color blood? And, you know, how did you eat that month? And how did you exercise that month? And what was the emotional um, experience that you had uh, versus having a month where you bleed with really beautiful, deep, but bright red blood? And how did you live that month versus the other month where you you bled with dark brown blood? You know, it's like our blood is speaking to us so clearly. It is the deepest example of what's going on in our body and all of our organs. And that's why we really have to reclaim it as sacred, not only for our own spiritual relationship with our body and to remember um, our holiness but also to be able to catch chronic imbalances before they manifest themselves into dis-ease. And the general attitude around menstrual blood, if we continue to proliferate this idea that you know, it's dirty or it's smelly, and it's something that should be held with shame. And we just take out our tampons or throw away our pads without much curiosity or even thought to the color or the smell or the texture. We're missing this really powerful opportunity to check in with our body and see on a physical and energetic level how it's doing. And mm-hmm. so learning to read the language of our blood and just becoming more comfortable with it can be such an incredibly powerful experience and one of the ways we can learn to do that is through ritual so Mm. i really recommend to create some kind of ritual around your blood and you know, I love it in our um, Facebook group that has thousands of women from all over the world um, who talk about menstruation and all of this stuff. There's um, so many different art portraits that these people have made with their blood and, you know, drawing themselves with their blood and, you know, some even painting their blood on their face. And that is amazing. I celebrate Mm -hmm. that, but you don't have to go that far, right? If you're here and you're like, wait a minute, Usha, like I've never even looked at my tampon. I'm not asking you to, to take that blood and paint it on your face. Not yet. But what I am asking for you to do, you know, is to every time you go to the bathroom, to really, when you pull down your pants and you're bleeding, to take some deep breaths. And if it's available for you to... Pull down your pants and look at your underwear, look at your pad, you know, with your breath and awareness, pull out your tampon and and really look at it and take it in and notice how does it feel to look at this part of myself, this fluid that I now know is antimicrobial, antibacterial that is supporting me and is an indicator of overall health. What does it feel like to just gaze upon the blood and to notice it? And then if you want to take that even farther, I really love the practice of pouring our blood back into the earth. So you can take a pad, you can, especially if it's a reusable pad, or if you use a moon cup, like a diva cup, there's many different brands. Um, If you use something that catches your blood rather than just a disposable pad or a disposable tampon, um, you can take the reusable pad and wash it in a bowl or pour your moon cup into a bowl or a jar. Mix it with water because um, it, it can kill plants if we don't mix it with water. So mix it with water and then take it outside and pour it into the earth. And with your blood, send a prayer into the earth and and recognize the cycle of the earth feeding you and the sun shining upon you and the rain growing food to give you life and now you offering what you can back into the earth a part of your sacred body back into the cosmic mother and this is such a profound way to reclaim our connection with the earth and to honor our blood as sacred, and to watch your blood seep into the earth or seep into plants that you love, that is such a beautiful way to to reclaim the inherent sacredness and the ceremony that is menstruation.
0: Mm. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. That's beautiful and yeah, I would love for you to share um, anything you want now as we're coming to the end of the conversation. Also, uh, what you're offering that maybe someone out there is is very fascinated and wants to learn more about this. How can they connect with you? Mm, thank you.
1: Yeah, I just, as a closing, you know, wrapping everything up, mm. If you feel comfortable, and if you're listening to this right now, maybe you can bring your left hand and your right hand to your womb. And if you don't want to touch your womb, that's okay. You can just hover your hands above that place. Notice what it's like to just draw awareness to this part of your body. And already when you place your hands on the womb or near your womb, you'll start to gather some information. And if it feels right, if you're down for it, you can close your eyes and just take a few deep breaths into this place. I'd like to just close with the notion that you can heal. And as you breathe into the womb space, know that the healing potential for you in your body is right here. That your womb loves you and it wants to work with you. And I honor whatever challenges you've had, whatever you've lived through. You are a powerful survivor really feel this potential and perhaps hold this belief in your womb that you can heal. Just take a deep breath one last time into the womb. Open the mouth. You can exhale, sigh. (sighs) And that's always going to be the most powerful thing. It's just you know, beyond what I can say or what I can teach, just you building a relationship with your womb. And I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but I feel like much deeper and grounded after just Mm -hmm. a few breaths into that space. So much Mm -hmm. of my work is um, really focused on blending the scientific, and the sacred. And because we've talked so much about menstruation today, um, I'll talk Mm -hmm. about my one specific offering, which is called Breathing, Bleeding, Being. And this is just, I'm so proud of this course and the way that it is impacting women's lives. So this course is a results-driven course for people who want to connect more with their menstrual cycle, for people who want to heal painful periods, for people who have fertility challenges, for people who, who want to learn how to live in harmony with their body and their cycles. And this course takes you through each specific phase Of the menstrual cycle. So, as I talked about today, from inner spring, inner summer, inner fall to inner winter. And it not only teaches you about the hormonal and the physical changes of each cycle, but it also specifically guides you as to how to live your life around your cycle. Included in the course is dietary lectures and food shopping lists that you can use to balance your hormones and eat your way to hormone health. Because in each phase of the cycle, we have different needs. We've also created embodiment practices, so how to move and exercise for each phase of the cycle as well. And there's also amazing herbal allies that I talk about that can support you during each phase too. So breathing, bleeding, being is really just such an accessible and um, really impactful course that takes my life work that I've done with thousands of one-on-one clients and gives it to you in an online format, in an accessible
0: way. That's amazing. What a great program. I think that's, that would benefit any one of us with different, um, yeah, starting from any level of awareness and uh, challenges or opportunities. So I think that's amazing. Thank you so much. I will definitely share... Uh, your links here in the show notes as well so people can find you easily thank you it's so beautiful to talk to you i'm so uplifted by it and so much to learn i can talk for hours (laughs) with you and ask you a hundred more questions so thank you so much for being here and yeah, thank you for sharing everything that you do and know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really so
1: grateful to have been able to spend this time with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I'm so blessed to be able to share these types of conversation. And I'm so happy that you're listening and integrating whatever resonates with you so thank you so much for being here and do check out Usha's links in the show notes if you wanna learn more, read her blog, uh, connect with her maybe join a class or a circle and just yeah just take in whatever you need right now so let's take a deep breath in through the nose together and exhale out through the mouth and namaste